Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 134. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us one of our youngest guests ever. I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Um, boy, he's just young enough to be one of my kids that ride in my little back. <laughs> I love it. But um, really excited to introduce you guys to Antoine Martel. Antoine, thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, well, your story is just so amazing. I'm just super impressed with how smart and wise you are at such a young age. So give our listeners some background on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for the compliment. Um, so I started, I'm 24 years old. I started investing in real estate about five years back. Um, went to a real estate seminar, learned about real estate investing, how people flip houses in California and all that kind of stuff, really looking at the numbers and kind of from there, <coughs> me, my brother, and my dad tried to flip houses in LA. And after about two years, we realized that we didn't have enough money uh, we didn't have enough experience and we didn't want to put all of our eggs in one basket to flip a house here in California. So what we ended up doing with our $40,000 that we did have was we started looking out of state and started looking for different strategies, which ended up being cash flowing single family homes. So that's what I started doing while I was my last year in college. I didn't want to work for anybody else. I wanted to make this work and start investing in rental properties out of state. So found some markets, Memphis, Tennessee, Cleveland, Ohio, and started building a team during my last um, semester. And by the end of the year, I had bought like two to three single family homes in Memphis and went to my dad before graduating and said, hey, <laughs> I can keep doing this and growing the family portfolio before the year ends. I mean, and keep growing the family portfolio and not work for anybody else. Just uh, you need to support me for the next six months, but let me try to figure this out. He agreed to it and graduated in May. By the end of that year, I had we had like a 10, 10 houses in Memphis that were all cash flowing, all refinanced, all that kind of stuff. And then from there, people started reaching out to us to invest in real estate out of state and invest in cash flowing rentals. So we started selling properties out of our portfolio to those people. We would take the profit and then go buy two houses and four houses, you know, and kept growing the business like that. And that eventually led into what we have today, which is a turnkey company where we do, you know, over a hundred homes per year. Fantastic. And well said, nice and succinct. I love it. <laughs> so now <laughs> we can you. go in and dive deep on that. Exactly. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about your very first deal? Sure. So it was a uh, single family home in Memphis. I, this was after calling by the way, like <coughs> 200 realtors, listing it, you know, listing agents, people who are just on Zillow, the top rate realtors on Zillow from Memphis. Um, and after calling 200 agents, you know, you get phone, you would get people that would say, now's a horrible time to invest. And then they would click on you or, um, no, you're from California. I get these phone calls all the time. You're total BS. I was like, okay, buddy. Um, <laughs> and so after calling 200 people, I finally called this one property. It was in a neighborhood that I liked just from my, you know, 3000 miles away research. And the deal looked really good to me. 
Um, and the price was low. It was like 40,000 bucks, but the market there was like 65. So, you know, I was like, all right, we'll buy it for 40, put 10 grand into it and then refinance for 65. So called the listing agent and I was like, Hey, I'm interested in your property. I saw you just listed this home and I'm interested in buying it. And he was like, okay, great. And I was like, um, you know, what do you think the property's worth once it's renovated? Oh, it's 65 grand. And here's some comps. Okay, great. You know, this was already like a step above every other realtor I've talked to. Right. And I was like, do you have any contractor who can do the work for me? Oh yeah. I have a contractor ready to go. And I was like, um, you know, how well do you know this guy? Oh, he does work on my personal house. Okay. Check. Like that's a really good referral. Yeah. Let him do stuff at his house and he's willing to offer that guy to me. Great. And then, Hey, do you have any property management? This is all in one phone call. Hey, do you have any property <laughs> management company that I can use to manage it after I want to get it? Yeah. I actually own a property management company. We manage around 200 doors and, um, this lady runs the whole company for me and she's great. You'll love it. And I was like, Okay. Wait, well, is this too good to be true or what? I exactly. can't wait to see how this ends up. Okay. <laughs> so, so I ended up make, putting the property under contract. He got a bid while we were under contract, got an inspection done, everything checked out. The rehab bid came in good. We bought that property, you know, with my dad's, we had 40, 45,000 bucks saved up, bought it for 40 grand, renovated it for like five or 6,000 bucks um, over like the next week or two. And then we, they got a tenant in place in the next week or two. So in one month, 30 days in, we already were fully renovated, fully rented out. And then we went to a local credit union and did a cash out refinance in the next two to three months. So everything went super smooth um, and everything checked out really well. And so that was that first deal. And we still use that same property management company, same contractor, same all from that that one phone call. yeah so it really was wow you okay that was really lucky and unusual <laughs> also i want to point out in this story that wasn't the first call you made right or the uh -uh. first property so how yeah. many did you make before that a couple hundred yeah a couple hundred at least we had like yeah. a whole excel spreadsheet of realtors we had on follow-up we had like all of these different people property management companies and <clears throat> we would just go on zillow and type the zip code we like 38104 and then just like call every single broker on that, on that list. And I even hired some, some people at LMU, some interns and, you know, had them phone phoning people, gave them a script and all this kind of stuff just to get more phone calls under our belt. I moved my classes all to from five to 10 PM. So I could call throughout the whole day. And that's wow. what my, my goal was just to build a team. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was lucky to find, to, you know, still be working with those same guys from day one, but yeah, it was a lot of work to get there, um, you know, and some, you know, it's like that iceberg analogy where you just see the tip of the iceberg. You don't really know all the other stuff and all the other 200 people I talked to were, you know, a 10, 15 minute phone call. Now I can ask the right questions. And if you can ask the right questions, you can know if, you know, somebody's legit or not. So I'm going to ask you, what are those questions that you ask? <laughs> yeah. Well, so <clears throat> it was really just, um, doing due diligence on him, his contractor, and then the property management company, right? So there was a couple, for example, like on himself, like how long have you been in the business? How many, you know, how many years? So he was actually the owner of his brokerage. So that was already a big checklist for me. So he's entrepreneurial. He's a hustler, obviously, if he owns his own brokerage. So he was pretty high up on my list for that reason. Then the contractor, you know, does a contract you know, how many projects have you done with a contractor? How many years have you worked with a contractor? 
Um, does this contractor do your projects, et cetera? And he answered all those questions and then said, yeah, he even does properties on my, you know, my personal home and all my friends. Home. I'm like, okay, um, this must be a good one. <coughs> and then about property management, it's really like, how many doors do you manage? How much experience do you guys have in, in, um, you know, doing property management? So he, he owned that property management company, but he actually hired somebody who used to work for one of the biggest property management companies in Memphis. So she had a ton of experience, years of experience working for that company and running the show over there. And then he pretty much hired her and took her to start this own, this property management company. So it was all that within a, you know, 15 minute phone call. And then really like looking at the deal and looking at the numbers and knowing about what the numbers should look like already because you've already looked at 200 homes or 100 homes and you know when his when his estimates for rent arv and renovation lined up with mine too i also knew that he actually had experience with real estate investing and wasn't just pulling numbers out of thin air oh yeah it's so important to really screen a realtor because i mean i had a realtor come to me one time and say Oh, Holly, you flip houses. I know this house that you can get, you know, it's listed for four ninety five, but I can get it for you for four ninety. And I was like, okay, <laughs> and what's it going to be worth fixed up? Oh, well, four ninety five, or, you know, four ninety five, or whatever. I'm like, um, okay, this is not going to work. Like there's a <laughs> lot of realtors that have no clue about investing. There are a few yeah. that do. But um, I would say the majority don't understand how investors think. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. And especially after calling the, it was a really good learning lesson to go and call those 200 realtors. Cause you'll see how many people actually have no idea about even just what, how much things should cost or yes. what the rent should be like stuff that you can, you know, if you knew your market, you would know at least what, you know, okay. Worst case scenario, especially even if you're flipping, where you're flipping. I mean, worst case scenario, what can we at least rent it out for? And is the property going to cash flow with the mortgage we have? Yes. Right. Okay, great. At least we have a plan B or plan C, you know, but they have yes. no, they have no clue. So. Yes. Yeah. It's really important. And then what would you say is your kind of sweet spot of experience? Cause like when I've talked to realtors if you get them brand new, never did a deal or have done one deal, I don't think they're who you want to work with. But if they're super experienced, I have found that um, when I talk to them, they'll say, I've got a whole roster of investors and you'd be at the bottom of the list coming in new, like if they know what they're yeah. doing. Mm -hmm. So um, any advice or experience you can share on that? Yeah. So I've played both sides of the coin. I've worked with I bought apartment buildings from the guys to literally first deal. <laughs> wow. Experience. And it yeah. worked, huh? <laughs> it worked, but it was, it's because he had a really good deal in his pocket. Okay. And he was willing to share it with me. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take the chance on you. And you know, I can pretty much babysit the, I'll you do can coach them how to do their job. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, buddy, you wrote the contract wrong. Like, here's how we need yes. to update it because you don't know what you're doing. So we literally had to, had to do that. And yeah, I don't know. Well, how. Oh, and let me interrupt you again. What does sure. in his pocket mean for someone that doesn't know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> so a deal in his pocket means that he has direct access, direct access to typically the owner of that apartment building. And he's the only person who has 
access to that owner or that building, or he has a listing agreement with that person, um, which pretty much means he's the only one who can sell that property. So he has a direct relationship with the owner or the seller and no other realtor has him. And typically for the multifamily, they don't put them on the MLS or on the market. So it's yep. kind of everything is off market and through yep. brokers. So when you're looking at multi, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. all secrets because it, I mean, it makes sense too, because they don't want to deal with the BS people who are going to come from Redfin or LoopNet anyways. They want to get, they want to find Bob who has a 25 unit building and send it to three, three guys who have bought from them in the past. And you know, they make a $75,000 commission for sending three emails. It's a yep. pretty good job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, so to go back to your original question. So that's, we've, I've used those people in the past. And if you're experienced, like, you know, me or you, then we can kind of babysit them. But for a new investor, I would definitely stay away from it. You want to surround yourself with people who know more and have more experience than you. Um, and now having too much experience, that's an interesting point. I think that those people in the long run though, are going to be much more valuable if you can get on that list. Yeah. With lots of follow-up emails, calls, and texting, like I'm still here. Yeah. Here's my proof of funds. I'm ready to yep. call. Like you yep. just and getting creative player. Yeah. Yeah. And getting creative and, and following up with them on the right line. So like following up with them every one week or two weeks, but not like every, you know, 48 hours. Cause yeah. then you're going to annoy the hell out of them and they, they will block, block you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They like get the so, heck out of my, because we're, Cause in Ohio, we're using the number one agent in Ohio. So wow. imagine all the access to off-market deals to other realtors, his rapport, when we submit an offer, they know that it's going to be legit, right? So right. there's the benefit of, <coughs> of using these really top-notch brokers. If you can slowly chip away and, and once, once they send you a deal, you know, you get back with them in 30 minutes, one hour give them your analysis. Even if it's a no, you tell them why it's a no, because then at least they're going to, you may not be in the top three, but maybe you'll be now in the top 10. So if the three guys don't want it, then at least maybe you'll get some, some other feeders. And right. once you can start buying those deals, they're not going to be the best deals ever because those have already been bought, but you can slowly fill your way into that. And so one way that I did that was just by being super easy to work with. So, <clears throat> you know, not, not being really a, not being a pain in the ass to him or to stuff that would come up or to, you know, retrading all the time. So if, which means if you get something under contract for 50 grand, and even if there's like some surprises, you don't ask for like a 10 or $12,000 price reduction, you just stick, stick to your number or you just back out and make it clean and easy for everybody so that he can go and sell it to somebody else. But really just building that relationship and being easy to work with, I think has taken me a long way. Yeah. I think you're, wise beyond your years that you said, yeah, being easy to work with. I used to tell people that too, because I bought, even though we bought our first hundred deals at the courthouse steps, when that opportunity dried up, wow. I went to realtors 
you know, my husband's like, Hey, you, you're the social one, go talk to realtors and find us some deals. So I would pitch us as we'll be your easiest client ever. Mm -hmm. No request for repairs, no home inspection. Now that was our business model. If you're a new investor, you probably want to do inspection and not pitch that, but whatever your selling proposition is of why they should sell to you, Mm -hmm. take advantage of that. Be the easiest client. So they'll want to bring you deal after deal after deal. Think about from their perspective, what's going to make their life better. So and get them. (laughs) And and like we, we have investors investing in our projects all the time, right? Whether it's like buying the home or helping us fund a project as you do, you do as well. And there's people that just at, you know, text me or set up three phone calls and then text me a whole list of questions and want things done this way and this way. And, you know, eventually I'm just like, this is, I've been, I've done, you know, 200 homes, 150 homes at this point. You know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need to take your money. Right. Right. So I'm in the power position, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if you want to work with me, you better be easy to work with. And here's my guideline, but I've done this 150 times, 200 times. I don't need to change my whole philosophy to fit you into the puzzle because your lawyer said you need to be additional insured. I don't have that set up on my, all my automated systems don't have that set up. So, and I'm not going to set it up just for you because now every time, you know, if something goes wrong with that, now I need to go and fix everything, you know, like, yes, this creates more work for me in the end. So even with investors or clients or anything real estate related being easy to work with. And, you know, especially if you're just starting, just suck it up for the first five or 10 deals and to get in the door. And then, you know, once you show your worth, then you could start asking for right hands or et cetera. Well said. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about your best deal ever? So best deal ever was probably um, a 20 unit building that we bought our first apartment building purchase ever. So <coughs> we bought that building December 2018 in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, Midtown Memphis, uh, which is like an up and coming area of Memphis, tons of new developments, brand new Starbucks being built one block away. Um, FedEx hub, $200 million hub being built a couple miles away downtown, just a couple minute drive away. And then you have like all these like hipster hotspots, I like to call it, or where there's like, you know, local coffee shop, like Local coffee shops, local bar, local pizza, local um, yoga yoga place, gluten free, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> vegans. Yeah, vegan, gluten free with yoga and goat yoga and stuff like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of what we what we look for and so that's the neighborhood we bought it in 20 unit building it actually came from that guy who you know this was like one of his first deals ever for the okay. family space um so we got the deal we bought it for a million bucks renovated it for around 200 grand and then now we increased the rents from 450 to 850 wow yeah and so if you look at the value of that building today, it's probably worth $2.1 million and it's been, you know, 12 months or so. So our goal is at the end of the year to do a refinance and pull all that money out and be able to use it for the deals that we have coming up. Fantastic. Yeah. And just um, really quick for our newer investors that are listening, um, maybe you could briefly explain how commercial properties are valued, how it's a little different than a single family house with a comp. So when you say it's worth 2.1 million now, Mm -hmm. that's based on the rents that you've raised, right? Yeah, maybe you could go into that a little bit. Yeah, I got you. So um, yeah, so single family homes, and that's what's uh, an issue with the turnkey space is that these things like cash flow nicely, like for example, I'll buy a duplex for 50 grand, I'll renovate it for 
20 grand. So I'm all in for 70 and the comps in that area are a hundred grand. But if I sold it for a hundred grand, the cash flow would be like 25% return, right? Like a ridiculous return. But so I should really sell the property for 150,000 bucks. If I want to get like, normally I try to get my investors 16%. So like I should be selling the property, the duplex for 150 grand, but based on comps, I can only really sell it for a hundred grand. So it's kind of a weird space when you're in the residential space or any residential is a single family home all the way up to four units. So one to four units would be residential and those are all based on comps. So if a property doesn't appraise, then you know, you're not going to be able to really sell it for much higher than what it appraises for and appraisals are all based on comps. So therefore value for anything one to four units is going to be based on comps. As soon as you get or comparables or recently sold similar renovation, similar style properties in the last six months or so. So that's a residential commercial is anything five or more units and values for those kinds of buildings are based on uh, net operating income or how much cash and cash flow that those properties produce. Um, so for example, if you buy a building and the rents are 500 and you make them a thousand bucks, you know, on paper, your building's value literally doubled by increasing the rents. So when I said we bought it for a million bucks and rents were 450, now we made them 850. Let's just say it's double. Now yeah. the building should be worth, you know, $2 million on paper, right? So, um, and they, they take into consideration comps, but comps are more looking at um, the returns that those buildings were making and then taking an average or, you know, looking at the cap rates um, of those properties and then applying that to your property to kind of come up with a, a value because, you know, finding other 20 unit buildings that were recently renovated in the, you know, within one mile in the last six months is going to be impossible. Right. So right. you have to look way further and have to look at, you know, buildings from 10 to 50 units instead um, to kind of come up with those numbers. Right. Well, thanks for explaining all that for our newer people. And that was quite a cool deal. I love how yeah. you are really utilizing money and financing to your advantage. Buy it, refinance it, pull it out, and then, you know, go leverage it and keep doing it over and over. That's fantastic. Yep. yep. Thank you. So um, do you have a deal that, um, that you could share that maybe was more of a learning experience that wasn't your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> One of your worst deals? Uh, a couple of bad ones come to mind. One of them is a team related problem. So, and one of them is a property related problem in a bad neighborhood. So the property in the bad neighborhood, we renovated the whole thing, put new hot water tank, new HVAC before the tenant moved in. Tenant was moving in the week after we installed it. It was stolen the next day. And so we were like, oh crap, well, this sucks. There goes $5,000 or whatever. And then, um, then what happened, then we reinstalled it two or three days later and it was stolen again. <laughs> I've had that too. <laughs> and then we're like, what the hell? And it was, we've done a lot of business in this neighborhood before, but, um, and we changed our, the way we do it now where we wait for a tenant to move in. Then the day before we'll go and install the systems to <laughs> someone sleeping in the house with a shotgun. No, just exactly. Shotgun. <laughs> with a security system on. Yeah. So, so that's probably the worst deal. Um, thank God over the last, whatever, 150, 200 deals, we've never actually lost money on a knock on wood, not lost money on a deal. That deal even just broke even too, even though it had $10,000 of unforeseens, we broke even yeah. or maybe lost a couple hundred bucks. Right. So if you do your numbers right and you buy it, right, you, 
it's very hard to, to lose money if you have the right team in place. Now, an example of a wrong team in place was I was started in Memphis, then expanded to Cleveland because I needed more deals. I had too much money. <laughs> good problem and, to have. Good yeah, problem. <laughs> good problem. And then I was like, all right, I need to deploy this capital. I need to build a team in Cleveland. Did that in about a month, I, you know, which was way faster than building a team in Memphis, which took probably like six months um, because I knew what I was looking for now. And I had some leverage as well and, you know, a track record and money too. So that helped. And then I was, and then like three or four months later, we'd done a couple projects in Cleveland. I was like, all right, it's time to add a new market. And so me, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Akron now and build a team in Akron. And then I was like, oh, I don't need a month. I can do this in like a weekend. So <laughs> it was literally, we started on well Wednesday and then by, you know, Friday of next week, we had a, we had a team in Akron ready to go. And so we, we bought a house in Akron, renovated it. And then things just started to fall apart with the property management company we're using. The contractor was horrible. They, when they did their bid, they estimated, you know, replacing two windows, but actually all of them needed to be replaced because they didn't pick up the curtain and look at the windows. Um, some advanced inspection techniques. Yeah, right yeah. There. <laughs> Great job. And then, you know, the property management tr- company started charging us 75 bucks for trip charges to go check on the contractor. Oh um, my gosh. when we're, we're fine with paying them like project management fees to manage the renovations because then they're going to, they get paid for that part. Plus then they're going to make money when they rent it out. Right. So they're kind of getting paid the whole time. And I think that's fair. But when you I'm fine with paying you a thousand bucks to manage the whole thing. But if it's an issue with a contractor that you recommended to me, and now you're charging me 75 bucks to go and check up on a bad contractor because he's not doing the right job, then that's when stuff starts getting messy. So um, we eventually just finished that house. We, I think we broke even on it too. We just sold it. Um, and then we just said bye to everybody there and never went back back to Akron, but that's, uh, you know, we just didn't do our due diligence. And, uh, on that, on that team on the ground, we just kind of, we got very confident in, um, just our over the phone capabilities instead of like really fully vetting a bunch of different companies. We just kind of took the first one that said, yes, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, I got burned by a contractor last year. Even when you think you know all the right questions to ask, they come referred from another flipper. You think they're so great, then, you know, they can surprise you. So even when you do due diligence, That's you can't true. beat yourself up. You know, you only do your best with the information yeah. you have. But, well, hey, I would like for you to talk about um, our free download that we have available to our listeners this week um, about, I guess it's a guide to investing. Is that right? Yeah. So I have it now. So it's a, the, it's a free ebook and it's how to get started in real estate investing with $20,000 or less. Awesome. Okay, so that is going to be our free download listener. So if you want to grab that, you can go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 134 because we're episode 134. You can also get it by texting to the number 38470. You're going to text hard hat with no space between it, make it one word to 38470 hard hat. And I will send you that download as well as a link to our past awesome downloads. And um, Antoine, you have been so great. I have so many more questions, but maybe we'll just have you back on another show in the future. (laughs) I'm just so impressed with everything you've done with you and your family at such a young age. But tell people how they can learn more about you and especially if they want to invest with you. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely know what you're doing by now. <laughs> I mean, I think, and listeners, hey, it's a great opportunity. If you have a desire to invest in real estate, but you don't have the time and energy and don't want to go through the painful learning curve or call 200 realtors to find someone, yeah. you know, think about putting your money with someone like, um, Antoine. So how do they learn more about you? Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I hope that you guys get that book. It's a pretty short one, but it's, it'll be good and quick and to the point about how I help people every day get started with 20 grand or less. Cause I think that there's this misconception you need millions of bucks to invest in real estate. So people don't even look, that's why I put in the title 20 grand or less. Um, so I think that'll help a lot of people. If people are interested in learning more about my company, my company's website is martelturnkey.com. If you want to learn more about me and kind of just learn about what I do more in real estate investing in general and behind the curtain, I'd recommend following me on Instagram. I post a lot of content there that you can go and check out. My Instagram is at Martel Antoine, M-A-R-T-E-L-A-N-T-O-I-N-E. Cool. For all of the, the young people that love Instagram. <laughs> I'm trying to be on Instagram more. I'm trying to be young and cool. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool to see behind the scenes. So yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. go check that out. You don't have to have millions of dollars to get started. Uh, those of us that live in California always think that, but hey, yeah. got some money um, and maybe some credit available. You can borrow yeah. money and buy houses and get exactly. some cash flow. Exactly. Well, thanks so much for all your time today. Any last pieces of advice or wisdom you'd like to share? Yeah. One thing that I always say is to always, because there's a lot of people who do a lot of research on real estate investing and I call them a full-time uh, seminar goers. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I've met many. <laughs> yep. I see. I know they're out there. And uh, so what I always tell those people is to just, it's good to learn about the different ways to invest, but if you take no action and you continue learning, and continue reading books and stuff, you're never gonna, you're gonna have so much information in your head and never flush any of it out. Um, and then you're gonna be totally stuck because you've read every book under the sun and you now you have no idea where to start. So I think it's great to look at a 10,000 foot view of all the ways to invest, apartment buildings, flipping houses, wholesaling, rentals, right? And then kind of looking at all of those things and then looking at how much time, how much money and how much experience is it going to take to do each of those and then write down your resources. So how much time do you have? How much money do you have? And how much experience do you have and which strategy works best for you today where you can go and get started this weekend um, and start doing that one thing over and over and over again. It, you don't need to do it for the next 35 years, but you may need to do it for a year or two to get your, your cash up or whatever you don't, you know, get more time in your schedule to be able to go and do what you actually want to do. Awesome. Well said. 100% agree. Very Thank well you. said. Don't Thank get you. stuck in analysis paralysis. Oh yeah. Analysis paralysis. <laughs> Don't get paralyzed. <laughs> yep. I well, agree. thanks so much for joining us and listeners Absolutely. get out there, take some action and move forward. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review our show and let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.